I'm a deep believer in the work that nonprofits do. Um, I, I think there are some amazing innovations going on that nonprofits are taking advantage of. Um, and, I, and I truly think that they're a crucial part um, of how we can kind of inspire more people to do good in their lives. Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out this episode of Group Thinkers. I am your host, Justin McCord. And on today's episode, I visit with Afdel Aziz. Uh, Afdel is an author, uh, an award-winning winning marketer. Uh, he actually refers to himself as a marketer in recovery. Uh, and so Aftel's worked with some incredible brands uh, like Nokia, Heineken, Procter & Gamble, Absolute, uh, and has recently transitioned out of the brand space and and into more of a consultant role of working with those same brands on identifying their purpose, but also connecting that purpose to nonprofits. Uh, he's the, the author of the book, Good is the New Cool, and one of the founders of Conspiracy of Love, which is a, a, a shop that works, like I said, with brands and nonprofits alike. So Afdel uh, is a great great uh, uh, conversationalist. And we, we talk a lot on this episode about purpose and how to find a purpose, what nonprofits are leading the charge on identifying their purpose. And it transitions into storytelling. And that's maybe my favorite part of the episode. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that on the backside of the interview. Uh, before I throw it to I guess throw it to myself since uh, I'm the one that does the interview with Aziz. Um, so before I throw it to myself, um, just got to take a second and, and let you guys know that we appreciate uh, all the comments and feedback that you've given us so far on Group Thinkers. It's it's good to know that you're enjoying these chats with innovators in the nonprofit marketing space as much as we are in putting them together. So if, do us a favor, uh, throw us a subscribe. You can do that uh, in whatever format you're listening to Group Thinkers right now. So if that's iTunes, if that's Spotify, if that's SoundCloud, wh whatever and wherever you're listening to Group Thinkers, be sure to subscribe. You know, uh, like we've talked about, we, we don't release this week after week. Uh, we want to give you the chance to binge. If you're on a flight, you want to listen to multiple episodes, whatever it is, season one is all out now. We're already recording season two and super excited about what's coming down the pike for Group Thinkers. So throw us a follow and um, for sure... Hit us up and give us your feedback. Uh, we're on Twitter at Group Thinkers. Uh, you can hit us there. You can drop us a line to podcast at rkdgroup.com. Either way, we definitely want to hear from you. So all of that uh, out of the way. And uh, here you go. Here's Aftel Aziz on Group Thinkers. Well, uh Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Group Thinkers. I am extremely excited today to be joined by Aftel Aziz. Uh, Aftel is, um, well, one, he's brilliant and everyone, you're going to get to hear more of that here in a moment. Uh, but, you know, Aftel is uh, an author, a speaker, uh, and a marketer. And so, Aftel, welcome to Group Thinkers. Thanks for having me, Justin. Excited to chat to you. 
Yeah. So, uh, man, you know, I've, I've got a copy of your book uh, that I, I plowed through over the weekend and I've got a couple of questions and things that I want to come back to in, in your, your book, Good as the New Cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, something that we always start with on group thinkers is talking about people's journeys. And since, you know, we are a, a group that is focused on the nonprofit space, uh, I really want to hear from you. How, how did you get connected to the nonprofit space and, and talk us through a little bit of, of your journey to uh, where you are today? Sure. So I like to call myself a uh, recovering marketer. Um, you know, having spent uh, 20 years really uh, working in consumer marketing, um, I was born in Sri Lanka and uh, I left when I was about 19 uh, to go study in London. And then I ended up staying in London for about 15 years, um, working in marketing for companies like Procter & Gamble and Nokia. Uh, moved to New York in 2007 when I met my wife and worked on brands like Heineken and Absolute Vodka, and really was kind of steeped in uh, the world of working for multinationals, uh, working for large brands, often with a lot of pop culture, uh, music and art involved in them, um, which was pretty exciting. But I started to kind of um, have this kind of creeping sense that it wasn't enough. And that I wanted to do something more meaningful with my, my life and my work. And um, I kind of went on this journey with my good friend and co-author, Bobby Jones, uh, for four and a half years to write this book, Good is the New Cool, by going and talking to leaders in uh, the nonprofit space, in brand marketing, and culture, really just exploring this whole idea that, you know, um, the best way to do business uh, was by doing good, and the best way to do good was by partnering uh, brands, nonprofits, and culture creators um, in order to kind of form new coalitions and new models of innovation to do good. And since then, since the book came out in October of 2016, um, I've now spent a couple of years, um, you know, putting this theory to the test. Um, uh, I traveled the world and kind of evangelized about this topic as a keynote speaker. Um, and I also have a consultancy called Conspiracy of Love that really gets in the trenches with um, brands like, um, you know, everybody from Facebook and Adidas and Sonos to, um, you know, Mars, Nestle and Co-Team, you know, major multinationals to help them figure out how to unlock purpose and, and in doing so unlock growth and innovation um, um, in really kind of new and innovative ways. So I'm a, I'm a deep believer in the work that nonprofits do. Um, I, I think there are some amazing innovations going on that nonprofits are taking advantage of. Um, and, I, and I truly think that they're a crucial part um, of how we can kind of inspire more people to do good in their lives. So, uh, the, you know, we, we connected first on LinkedIn, uh, and, and I had seen in my feed, uh, a couple of snippet videos. I then spent, uh, 
you know, more time uh, just going through video after video of, of hearing you talk about purpose. And, and you hit on that a little bit in, in teasing some of the great content that is in the book, uh, you know, and, and something that stood out to me among the many moments that I dog-eared in, in reading the book was uh, where you and Bobby call out that, you know, there's a, a crisis of meaningfulness that's happening right now in, in marketing. Um, expand on that idea, this crisis of meaningfulness and, and where marketing's at, maybe more so on the commercial side, but also what you're seeing in the nonprofit space. Sure. So, uh, you know, one of the many fascinating stat- statistics that we uncovered while researching the book was this survey that Adobe did. And they, they did it for a couple of years, so, and the results stayed the same. And they asked people to name the least valuable professions to humanity. And marketing and advertising were number one. Um, and what was fascinating was, I think the number was when you asked, you know, regular folks, marketing and advertising you know, came in at about 13% of the population. When you asked marketing and advertising people, that number doubled to 35%. And that's right. This is this really strange that the people doing the work themselves were twice as likely to say that what they did wasn't useful to society. And so that really kind of intrigued us and, and sent us on this journey to find out why. And I think it's a couple, there's a couple of different layers to this. One is that historically, you know, what marketers produce has been advertising. And advertising is now going to the point where people are now fighting back against it. It's become so all-pervasive that they are literally forming new technologies and new business models to avoid ads. So if you look at the rise of um, ad-free streaming services like Netflix or the ad-free version of Hulu. Even pop-up There are tens of... Well, exactly. So if you just look at TV, you see Netflix and Hulu, and you see people paying money to avoid advertising advertisements on their TV screen. Then you look at digital, and you look at ad-blocking software, which is simple software you can install on your phone or laptop to block things like that or ads. That number is in, you know, three to 400 million people globally and rising. Um, so... We think some of this crisis of meaningfulness is coming about because there are all these people working hard to create things that people want to avoid. And so that has got to cause some sort of, you know, cognitive dissonance there. Um, And I think it's also because um, they're seen as not just intrusive, but manipulative. Um, And so I think there's, there's something going on where um, beneath the glamour and the sexiness of things like marketing, um, there seems to be this idea that, you know, maybe there's a better way of doing it. And, and what we've uncovered is, yes, there is. There is a way of practicing marketing and advertising in a way that is purpose-driven in that you can find ways to bring a brand to life by standing for something bigger than just making money, um, by standing up for people's, um, you know, uh, causes, uh, taking points of view that move society forward, Um, you know, even if they're controversial, like we've seen Nike do with Colin Kaepernick or the brand I work in, Absolute Vodka, has been a champion of LGBTQ rights for 30 plus years. So there are ways of the brands nowadays not only standing for something good, 
but then also finding ways to actually tackle that social problem, which is really where nonprofits come in. And this is where brands are now moving into the territory that nonprofits have always focused on, which is solving societal problems. Um, and I think this is really where there's a golden opportunity now. There's a, uh, you know, a, a, an opportunity to create new models of partnership between brands and nonprofits that solve both of their problems, that solve the nonprofits' constant need to um, find new sources of funding. It is the endless treadmill that all nonprofits are on. And it solves a brand's need to, um, you know, not just raise awareness, but then to actively help in solving a social problem by partnering with a nonprofit around a common cause that allows them to each take the best of what they each do um, and, and really come up with a, um, a powerful model. Yeah, you know, um, the in the nonprofit space, a lot of times this can fall under cause marketing and, and there's some, some disruption within uh, nonprofits and how they're structured to assign resources and help uh, position people to connect with brands. And I think that it's this interesting uh, time for folks on the nonprofit side. I've been in the nonprofit space for uh, approaching a decade and and have constantly heard that we're behind what happens in the commercial space and the nonprofit space is constantly reaching or chasing uh, the commercial space on strategies and tactics and advancements in technology. And what I find to be so inspiring about uh, the movement that you're talking about is that in some ways the commercial sector is is now waking up and kind of sobering up to wanting to have some of what the nonprofit sector has had, which is purpose and mission. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is why this is really, you know, uh, a, a, a kind of an opportunity for um, positivity at this moment, because, you know, nonprofits have, um, a variety of advantages amongst them, and I've been a you know a fan of nonprofits ever since I was a you know a teenager, and seeing the amazing work that nonprofits like Amnesty International or Greenpeace or any of these fantastic nonprofits have been doing for decades now. You know what they have is, you know, they have a clear purpose, and they have people who are purpose driven working within them. Um, so that is really what brands crave now. What they may not have is scale, which is really where a brand can partner with them um, in order to really help supercharge their mission. So I'll give you a great example. Um, this morning, I just published an interview with um, um, Jennifer Braithart, who's the uh, CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer, Global Consumer CMO of City, the bank. And um, Danny Meyer, who's the restauranter behind Shake Shack, uh, many other restaurants, and is also on the board of a nonprofit, Share Our Strengths. Um, and the partnership between City and Share Our Strength is really around No Kid Hungry, an amazing initiative to give kids the opportunity to have, um, you know, food that, that fuels their education, fuels their sense of confidence you know, removes food insecurity from their lives. And that partnership has resulted in 100 million meals to date. 
um, which is pretty astounding. Every That's time, incredible. you know, you know, every time a city card member who signed up for the program swipes their card, meals are donated. You know, the city has integrated into so many of their partnerships and sponsorships. So to share our strength, that allows them to just really focus on the bit that they're really good at, which is getting meals in front of kids. Um, knowing that there is somebody who has uh, this constant source of funding coming in to help them to help enable their mission. From the city's perspective, it is great from a customer marketing point of view. Their customers feel that this is a, now a bank that aligns their values and you know helps them feel good every time they swipe their card. It also aligns from their employees' values. So today, increasingly, when people are making choices about which companies to work for, all other things being equal, like salary and benefits, they'll pick the company that is most aligned with their values around doing something good, you know, doing something meaningful, um, whether it's a social or you know, environmental impact. And so it's a huge benefit for city to be able to recruit and retain talent to, to you know, motivate and engage existing talent. Um, to have a partnership with Sheriff Strength to hold up and say, this is really in line with our purpose, which is to enable progress. Um, and um, it's, it's a proof point to show both our employees and customers what we do as a bank and as a brand. It's a brilliant example. Uh, and and it's great to see when there's an, a cause that's doing such good work and a brand that wants to align. Uh, when, when you're visiting with... Um, folks, specifically on the nonprofit side. And that's, you know, a lot of where our listeners come from is from the development office or the marketing uh, offices in the nonprofit side. They might hear this and think, man, that's, that's awesome. But I don't, I don't even know where to start. What would you advise a nonprofit do if they are looking to find partners in the brand space? Yeah, well, I think one of the most helpful things you can do as a nonprofit is to really, um, you know, evaluate who's out there, um, who's aligned against a common purpose. And, and a great clue to do this is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs. Today, you know, pretty much every company has signed up, you know, for one or two or several of the SDGs as part of their overall corporate commitment. And, you know, the, the SDGs are, are a very handy way of identifying, you know, which companies are focused on which issues, whether it's education or water or food or any of the SDG topics. So I'd start by identifying who has raised their hand and said, we're really interested in this problem um, as a first step. Then it's about really then matching scale and geographical location to see how that partnership could work as well. I think, you know, if you're a, a small, you know, five-person nonprofit who only focuses on one, you know, geographic area, it may be difficult for you to partner with a city bank, you know, or you know, a company the size of city who, who need a certain scale um, in order to match their partnership. But I absolutely guarantee you that there will be, you know, uh, uh, maybe a local business or, you know, a local entity who, a restaurant, you know, that believes in the same problem that you're trying to tackle 
for example, food insecurity, that you can go and have a conversation with and say, listen, we're, we're both, you know, we're both focused on solving this problem. I think um, let's team up together. Um, and then I'd say the other thing that nonprofits really have an advantage of is the stories of the people that they help. This is one of the greatest resources that nonprofits really have, um, especially when it comes to thinking about partnerships and brands. Brands are stories, and brands are powered by stories. Um, and especially in this day and age of social media, brands need a constant stream of stories to be able to tell, whether it's via their PR or their social media, um, you know, uh, or in some cases, their advertising and communications and content um, to be able to showcase the work that they're doing. And I think that's where being able to take the inspiring, moving, tear-jerking stories that a nonprofit has, whatever the case may be, um, and working with a brand who is probably pretty good at storytelling, um, you know, and partnering with them creates a win-win situation. You know, the nonprofit is able to get a partner who can kind of really showcase what they do and, and put together something that they may not be financially or creatively able to do themselves. Um, and the brand gets, you know, uh, some storytelling content that could really help showcase their partnership, give them something to put in their social media, and talk about by their PR channels, um, to show internally to their employees. Um, and, and really kind of hold up as kind of an example of the kind of thing that they're doing as well. So stories are gold mines, I think. I think every nonprofit has them, regardless of your size and scale. And I really encourage your audience to think about how they can use what they have um, in order to kind of not just locate the right partner, but also um, then, then collaborate in the right way. This episode of Group Thinkers is brought to you by the RKD Group blog. You might be listening on a mobile device right now, and if so, you can go ahead and open up a browser window and visit rkdgroup.com slash blog. When you get there, you're going to find all sorts of resources tackling issues that are current in the nonprofit marketing space. There's channel-specific resources focused on direct mail, digital, multi-channel and even omni-channel. There's also hot topics like GDPR, mid-level, digital media, look back windows, and more. It's all over at rkdgroup.com slash blog. And now, back to group thinkers. Well, and certainly the authenticity behind the stories is oftentimes what helps us connect with them. And, you know, many times in conversations with the, the clients that uh, our firm gets to serve, but even just in, in conversations with, with nonprofits and in general, uh, you know, there's a, there's this guidance or advisement to, Hey, don't, don't overthink how you're packaging the story, uh, you know, get outside with your iPhone and talk to someone that's been, uh, you know, that's benefited from the programs or benefited from the mission of your organization. And that raw content and the power of it uh, can many times go further or just as far as something that is uh, extremely produced. And th th you've hit on some incredible opportunities that nonprofits have uh, in this day and age to connect with 
brands and with organizations at a local, regional, and even national, international level. What about on the uh, the the evolution of the the nonprofit space? What in your work? What issues do you see facing nonprofit marketers today? Well. I'd frame it as both a problem, as an issue and as an opportunity as well. And, I, and it's really technology. And I think that's where, when we were writing Good as a New Cool, we, we kind of noticed this um, group of nonprofits that we just, you know, nicknamed the, the new nonprofits, who were folks like Charity Water, Pencils of Promise, Global Citizen. And what struck us about them was... Um, they were using technology in ways that sometimes outstripped how the brands were using technology. Um, so I'll give you an example. If you go to Charity Waters headquarters in New York City, uh, outside Scott Harrison's office, so Scott is the founder and CEO, amazingly inspiring person. His book, Thirst, just came out a few weeks ago. Um, they drill wells and provide clean water around the planet. Outside of his office, there is a live feed on a screen, which is showing real-time updates of all of their operations around the world, what wells they're drilling, you know, what state, state of completion they're in. Um, it's kind of amazing to see that level of data and detail. Um, they're able to then take that and share it with donors and say, here is the well that we are drilling now that your money provided for which is a feedback loop, is incredible as a way to stay on people's radar, to make them see that their um, dollars are going to a, an actual place um, and build a relationship with them through, through that, again, through the content and storytelling driven by data. Um, I think that's really where technology, whether it's um, you know, the use of social media to help get the message out or the use of data and analytics, help measure the impact is really a secret weapon that can allow any nonprofit to punch it off its weight. Um, and especially with the, the measurement side of things, this is just the new normal where nonprofits are going to have to get really good at showing the, um, the ROI of what they do. Um, and it's because business is driven by numbers and metrics and measurements. Um, and so you, you do need to be able to speak that language and provide them with, um, you know, the, the right kind of argument to say, here's why we should continue with this partnership. Here's why we should, you know, invest more money in this partnership. I do think, though, that it's, you know, nonprofits should also um, tell the story of measurement in qualitative ways, not just quantitative ways. That there is something which no amount of numbers can measure, which is the you know the human impact of what you're doing. And so that that's really where I think there's an opportunity to use that technology, you know, to not just tell the raw numbers side of things, which will you know keep a CFO happy, but also make sure you find a way to tell the the, the bigger impact, whether it's cultural or social or human using storytelling in order to kind of really present a holistic picture of everything that the nonprofit does. So yeah, so I'd sum up and say technology, it's really the kind of, you know, uh, double-edged sword. Um, if you use it right, you can really kind of, um, um, 
play level the playing field. Um, and I think that's why it's incumbent on every nonprofit to really learn how to use it in this day and age. And there are, you know, some uh, significant players in the tech space that are helping make technology uh, affordable or equitable for nonprofits. So Microsoft does a tremendous amount of work. Uh, Google with the entire nonprofit program, and and you know, on a, another. Uh, chat that I've had recently with Amy Sample Ward, the CEO of the Nonprofit Technology Network. They've got some programs to help people identify where they may be lacking in technology, uh, but then also having the conversations around, okay, strategically, how can we use tech? And I think that that's some of the things that you're hitting on, which are so important because it's not just for the marketing side, although there's untapped potential and the use of tech on the marketing side, but also on the mission side. Uh, and I think that's, a, that's an important uh, aspect of it. So you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, you, you visit and time in the Charity Water headquarters and, and the use of data and how inspiring that was. I, I have to tell you as a, uh, a recovering marketer, I'll steal your term, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, the the book itself, as well as your TED Talks, they are inspiring. They are something that has uh, helped me think through new models. And and uh, you and, and Bobby through the book have done a fantastic job in stewarding uh, conversation towards good work. So that has been inspiring for me. So thank you for that. But also... Um, just curious, where do you draw your inspiration from? Oh, so one of the things I started doing this year is writing for Forbes. So I read a column called The Power of Purpose, which has really um, given me a carte blanche to follow my intuition and curiosity. And I, I really find inspiration from stories of people who are um, just doing um, innovative things. Um, and, and being a journalist now has given me the perfect um, excuse to call people up and go, hi, tell me about what you're doing. And, you know, and, and um, let me learn from what you're, what you're, what you're up to. Um, so literally in this past week, I've um, published a story about this amazing a restaurant in Atlanta called Staple House, who have uh, a nonprofit, who are owned by a nonprofit called the Giving Kitchen, believe it or not. And the Giving Kitchen has donated $2 million in assistance to restaurant workers in the kind of greater Atlanta area. Um, if they are suffering from, you know, financial distress, whether it's unable, unable to pay their light bill or um, need medical attention. And so, it's an absolutely amazing story of how a single restaurant and um, the, the, the nonprofit that's partnered with is doing incredible work on a, on a local scale. Um, and so hearing stories like that just really kind of fire me up. And um, that's, that's really where I always try and you know, keep my ears open to hear stories of people just doing incredible things. Um, that, that fuels my own well of inspiration. That's a uh, that's a good word, and, and after all, I, I you know I, I can't say thank you enough for taking time to to join us on Group Thinkers. Uh, hey, just as we wrap up, 
uh, how can folks connect with you online? Where can they find you uh, and, and learn more about you and the, the good work that you and your team are doing? Sure. So uh, afterlizzies.com has all the information about myself as a speaker um, and, and kind of uh, everything I'm up to on that side. Uh, goodisanewcool.org is the, the name of the website for the book. Um, and if you want to find out more, and the name of the consultancy is conspiracyoflove.co. Um, and probably the best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter um, if, you, if you want to chat some more. Very cool. Well, Aftal, thanks for taking time and chatting with us on Group Thinkers. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so there you go. Uh, that's a chat with Aftel Aziz. And something that I jotted down uh, in the midst of, of just going through that um, really wonderful chat, inspiring chat with Aftel, is that brands are stories. And you know, we're all looking for opportunities to tell stories. Storytelling is a massive part of what happens in the nonprofit marketing space and the ability for us to tell our story, communicate what it is that we do, how we do it, and what's unique about the approach that we might take. And so I, I just, I love that we're in this space to where there's this budding rise of of you can call it cause marketing, you can call it corporate interest. Um, you have this space right now where commercial organizations are looking for purpose, like what we talked about with Aftel, and and they're looking at the nonprofit space. And so, um, actually, if you if you take a second and look at uh, head over to the blog at rkdgroup.com. We recently had a post about this, some links to some studies and some resources, some things happening that highlight or accentuate what uh, what's happening in the rise of cause marketing. So do that. Uh, but also just in terms of, you know, making sure that you know all the different ways you can connect with Aftel. As I mentioned, Good is the New Cool is his book. You can find that on Amazon or other fine book retailers if you purchase your books anywhere except Amazon. Um, but also check out Aftel Aziz. Aftel is a speaker. Uh, and so he's available and planning out his upcoming speaking engagements. So if you've got a keynote, if you've got a board event, if you're planning uh, some sort of retreat and you need someone to come in and help talk about brand purpose or about purpose as it relates to your organization, definitely throw a, a follow and a recommendation towards Aftel Aziz. So that's it for today's episode. As always, you can find us at Twitter. Uh, our handle is at Group Thinkers. You can also find us on uh, your favorite podcast app where you're listening now. Be sure to throw us a follow there. And thanks for checking out this episode of Group Thinkers. Group Thinkers is a production of RKD Group. For more information, check out rkdgroup.com slash podcast. Special thanks to Becky V and the team for all the production work on this and every episode of Group Thinkers.